calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to another edition of Take 15 at the CFA Institute. Today we are fortunate to be joined by Adam Litke from Wachovia Bank, who's head of market risk, to discuss recent efforts in the credit derivatives market at moving from an over-the-counter system to a clearinghouse. Welcome, Adam. First off, can you tell us a little bit more about what your job at Wachovia Bank entails? I'm the uh, head of market risk management for Wachovia and I run uh, a few departments, uh, the obvious being the people that keep the traders honest. But in addition, I have uh, two roles that are uh, important for today. I run counterparty risk management, and I also have the team that builds all of our counterparty risk models, both for capital and exposure measurement. Can you give our members an idea of the size of the credit default swap market? We often hear reports of uh, $60 trillion in terms of a notional size of the market. But is that really the important uh, number in terms of evaluating the, the counterparty or the, the market risk that's uh, uh, entailed in the current market? Um, I think for some aspects it's the right way to look and for some it isn't. The $60 trillion market uh, number that you see is based on a survey that's conducted by ISDA every year. And it's published on their website. The most recent data is as of the end of 2007, and it shows around 62 or 63 million, 63, sorry, 62 or 63 trillion uh, dollars in size. Uh, one would think that with the continuing activity, the total notional size of the market would actually be far higher right now. Uh, that being said, it's not really a measure of how much credit risk there is in the system, since for every buyer of a credit derivative, there's a seller. There are no new loans that necessarily get originated when a credit derivative is traded. Uh, it is a very important measure of counterparty exposure among different firms and of operational risk. If you have 60 trillion of anything, uh, that's a, an enormous number of transactions that have to be maintained by the financial institutions on their books every day, and there's always the chance uh, operationally that People will not be able to come up, keep up with the confirmation backlog, as we saw uh, earlier, where the regulators uh, cracked down on the industry and insisted that we all clear the backlogs. There's a chance that people will simply misbook more trades. The more trades you do, the more trade errors you have. Uh, in general, those are not systematic risks, with the exception of the counterparty risk and settlement risk. Counterparty risk being the risk that a an institution that you're trading with goes under, and settlement risk being the problems around settling of a default swap in the event of a default of one of the underlying names. Okay. And there, the more trades you have, the more you have to do. Currently, there's a good deal of discussion about moving from an over-the-counter system, which we currently have, to a clearinghouse. Um, can you discuss a little bit some of the benefits that you see as a result of this, some of the risks, perhaps, of moving to a clearinghouse in this market? There are actually three efforts that I know of underway. Um, in Europe, you have the uh, LIFE, which is a futures exchange, 
and they are trying to trade uh, credit derivatives on the ITRAX index. It's an index, uh, it's a broad-based index of European uh, corporates, and there are several different ITRAX series and indices. And then all trades on that index will pass through their clearinghouse. There is the uh, United States effort to led by, I think it's 11 uh, major dealers, to clear through the Clearing Corporation or and DTCC. And there, again, the initial effort is based on index trades. When it was announced, the goal was to go live uh, early in the third quarter. Uh, it looks like now they're headed for a late third quarter, early fourth quarter start. The I think these things operationally are always more work than, than people expect them to be. Um, there... Uh, the idea is that for uh, trades on the CDX, which is the major U.S. credit index, again, a broad-based index, so there are several different indices that trade under the CDX headline. Uh, they are all broad-based, approximately 100 names, usually slightly more than that. And those names would, again, be traded over-the-counter, but with give-up to the exchange. So it's slightly different than the European model, would be literally traded on the exchange, and every trade would have price discovery. These trades would all be given up after the fact. Um, The third effort, which is underway, which is uh, temporarily hung up in some accounting uh, arguments about uh, whether the nature of, uh, if I take two derivatives and net them off, whether I still have a derivative. Uh, So it's rather obscure, but I'm sure your uh, accounting-focused members would like it, is something called portfolio compression. Uh, Portfolio compression involves taking all the CDS trades that are traded on individual names and netting them down. It doesn't involve a clearinghouse, but it does eliminate operational risk and counterparty risk. An example would be if, if I, at Wachovia, have uh, purchase protection from Morgan Stanley and sold protection to Lehman Brothers on, say, IBM, and I then also purchased protection from Goldman Sachs and sold it to Barclays. So now I've got four trades. All of those four trades would be net down into two trades if the, if the dates and the underlying name matched. And it would essentially be one trade would be my net long or short position. The other trade would be uh, something representing the embedded uh, spread profit and loss on the trade. And by netting all these trades down to two trades, I have many fewer trades to process, and I have many fewer counterparties to deal with since both of those trades will be with one net counterparty that offsets to me. This uh, portfolio compression is something that that the uh, Federal Reserve is very interested in, and one of the reasons it's very important is if there are problems with a dealer. uh, Most of the trades dealers have are, of course, with other dealers, and there's this vast interlocking web of transactions. If you net out this interlocking web, then our positions are much cleaner and it's much easier to resolve those issues. Obviously, the situation at Bear Stearns this spring uh, really brought this issue to a forefront in terms of counterparty risk and and the fact that the federal government got involved uh, in in the merger between Bear Stearns and J.P. Morgan. Given that um, the keen interest about this issue in the marketplace, do you see... Uh, you know, a, a relatively quick resolution in terms of something developing uh, in terms of a clearinghouse to ameliorate uh, some of the uh, counterparty risks that are present uh, between broker-dealers currently? I'm 
not directly involved in the efforts, but I would think that if people are very interested in getting it off the ground, it's not that hard to make the systems adjustments uh, to handle the back office processing. I think it's really the, the timeline on these things is more the legal agreements around the clearinghouse, sorting out how margin will be created. Uh, with respect to the U.S. clearinghouse, there's a bit of a discussion around whether the uh, which party, which third party, will provide the end-of-day valuations for the clearinghouse. Um, there are, there are uh, currently two institutions. Um, one is Market Partners. The other one is, a, is an institution called CMA. And one of them uses real-time quotes off of uh, screens. So um, what would be considered transparent real-time pricing, the other uses the marks that the broker-dealers have on their books, and it's a poll-based system. Uh, there are pros and cons to both, but sorting out who provides it in all the legal agreements is really what takes the time in these things. Does a clearinghouse offer uh, the benefit of more price transparency for market participants? I'm not sure. Uh, certainly for the index trades, um, anybody with a, uh, access to real-time data information can uh, see tick-by-tick -tick trades in the CDX online now. Uh, and you can see it to within a tenth of a basis point in spread. I'm not sure how much more transparent you could get. So at least with respect to index trades, I, I don't think it's going to add any more transparency. I think the whole market, which is primarily the dealers and the, uh, and the hedge funds, uh, knows where the index trades. Individual names might be different. Do you have any thoughts on how much capital it would take to capitalize a clearinghouse for credit derivatives? I don't know how much capital it would take to capitalize the clearinghouse. What I can say is that it should take less capital to capitalize the clearinghouse than we're all holding against each other in the market now. Because for every derivatives trade I do, I have to hold capital. And I may hold a lot of capital if you're not a collateralized counterparty. I may hold a small amount of capital if you are. Because even when I have collateral so that you always have paid me the amount of money that you might in the future owe, uh, I still have to hold capital against future movements in that value and how much you might owe me for the fact that the underlying will move. Adam, thanks for your time today and for sharing your thoughts on this important issue. That concludes this edition of Take 15. If you'd like to see more episodes of Take 15, you can see them on the CFA Institute website. Copyright 2008, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.